Welcome to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words, a place where women come to learn how to improve their health, beauty, body language, and communication. I'm Christine Brunelli, and I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about how you feel in your body so that you can show up more powerfully and effectively for your life, for your job, for your family, for all of it, so that you can feel like you're actually in it and you can enjoy it at the same time without being distracted by low energy, aches and pains, or maybe some other thing that's taking up all of your thoughts. Do you know what I'm talking about there? You're just consumed with it. (laughs) All of this takes away from us being more present. So let's get into some things that you can do on a practical level to make it all feel like you want to be there because you're excited, your body doesn't hurt, and you're ready to engage and enjoy and be in the moment. Are you ready? Let's get started. Calling all camera shy female entrepreneurs, whether you own a brick and mortar business or an online business, if you are camera shy and you avoid that thing like the plague, you don't like the camera pointed at you, whether it's because you don't like how you look on camera, sound on camera, or you just have no idea how to record good videos or good photos to put on social media, your website, YouTube, wherever it is that you know you should be showing up, but you're not. I've got you. This fall, my digital course is being released and it covers all of it. We cover lighting, camera angles, voice, body language, hair on camera, makeup on camera, and my favorite part, dressing for your body type and the best colors that make your skin tone glow. If this sounds like something you want to experience, a full transformation from camera shy to camera fly, go to the show notes and tap the link that says waitlist. The waitlist just gets you on a list to let you have information about this course as it's being released, the release date, how long it is, the time commitment, the content, how much it costs, but also as a waitlister, you have access to VIP offers that no one else will. This is something that will take you from not wanting to show up on camera to being fully comfortable on camera when that lens is pointing at you. I can't wait to see you inside. Okay, go tap the link. Have you ever gone through a really hard workout class or you went in the gym and you just made a commitment and I'm just going to do it and I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to work out my body or you did yard work and you were weeding and you were hedge trimming and you were using the weed whacker and or you went on a big hike and then the next day you got out of bed and went, oh, my legs or my shoulders, my arms. Oh my gosh, they're so sore. Have you ever felt that soreness? Now, let's contrast that with my shoulder hurts so bad. I've had an old shoulder injury. It just is creaky in there. It hurts. It wakes me up when I sleep on it. I've had it for years. Or I have knee pain. I have hip pain. I have back pain. I have chronic headaches. There are two different experiences, aren't they? The one where you're a weekend warrior or you had a tough workout and you're sore, it does not deplete your energy. The chronic one depletes your energy. So the body being moved and tested and challenged in new ways actually makes us feel more alive. It hurts. There's no doubt about it that your legs can be so sore it hurts to go to the bathroom. Been there. (laughs) But it's a 
Hurts so good kind of hurt when we exercise or do something new, as long as we're not injuring ourselves. I'm not talking about injuries. I'm talking about just the soreness of using our body a lot and waking up the next day sore versus having something chronic, meaning it's long-term, we've dealt with it for a while. It could even be a chronic toothache that you've ignored. Oh my gosh, I was pregnant with a tooth that needed a root canal with my firstborn and no one would touch me. No dentist would come near me because I was in the thick of my pregnancy. It was one of the worst experiences I can remember the pain. I would just cry because it hurt so bad. I didn't want to do anything. Can you relate to that kind of, maybe not pain, but that draining type of chronic fatigue? That's what I want to talk about today because you need to be able to show up and you deserve to show up not feeling that. It is time for you, my friend, to take charge of whatever it is that is draining you. And I'm going to give you just three simple things to start. Three simple ones. The first one is this. Drink more water. I know you've heard this a million times, but are you doing it? This is the difference between knowing and doing. Drink more water. And I don't mean anything that comes out of a can. I mean pure water. That's what your body's made of. That's what your body wants. You can add lemon or strawberries or cucumber or something if water bores the heck out of you. But this is the big ask. Go for 90 ounces a day. That's not a gallon. A gallon's 128 ounces. That's what I drink. I never drink less. I possibly drink more, but I'm an exerciser. I want to replenish my fluids. Even if you're not an exerciser, you should be drinking about this much water. It is not difficult. You have to be committed to it. And this is some observation in my healthcare background that I've noticed. Sometimes, actually many times, when women or men too, but this is a podcast for women, when women would come into the office, I'm a chiropractor by the way, come into the office with headaches, a lot of times they're dehydrated. If they increase their water, the headache would go away. If you drink coffee, tea, anything with caffeine, Red Bull, That's something that's dehydrating you. You need to, for every Red Bull or every cup of coffee, you need to have two glasses of water, two full glasses of water. Do you see how water plays into it? Water nourishes the skin from the inside out. It helps you glow. Water helps flush out toxins. If you have a headache, it shows up in your eyes and it shows up in your energy. I'm not against caffeine. I'm a coffee lover myself, but I make sure I'm hydrated. Here's the other bonus. It makes your skin glow. Your skin wants water. We can slather on all the moisturizers on the outside, but don't forget your skin is an organ. It needs to be nourished from behind. And one of the number one things your skin needs is water. So to have more energy, to have less aches and pains, especially for those weekend warrior things that we go out and do, and then we're sore the next day, tons and tons and tons of water. And make sure you move through it. Don't rest it unless you have a sprain or something like that. But if you're just sore, the muscles are sore, sitting is the worst thing you can do. And that takes me into tip number two. You need to move your body. Now, I'm going to ask you to move your body with intention, not intensity. If you're a sedentary person, and I don't mean sedentary by you're a blob that just sits in a chair all day, because let's face it, we're busy women. But if you are sedentary, meaning you're not a fan of exercise, you don't do it, you can at least take a walk 10 minutes a day. I don't care if it's a walk, 
but I want it to be 10 minutes. It could be 10 minutes of stretching, 10 minutes of yoga, 10 minutes of Pilates, 10 minutes of dancing to your favorite music in your kitchen, 10 minutes that is just for you, but intentional movement for 10 minutes. This is why it's going to change your state. It's going to change your energy. It's going to make you feel more alive and engaged and in tune with your body, even if you have aches. So if you did the weekend warrior thing and you're sore, the way we're going to move through that soreness is moving. It seems counterintuitive. Your body, you just feel like, ah, 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 this hurts so much. But really, to get through it, flush the toxins out of the muscles and feel better, you have to move. I'm not saying move with intensity. I'm saying move with intention. So parking far away from the, the door at the grocery store, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking literally 10 minutes a day and moving your body. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. It could just be anything, anything that you want to do. But why don't you want to give yourself 10 minutes? If you do that, let's say you're not sore. Let's just say, I'm going to just start doing this. I'm committed to me because I need to have better mindset, better energy to show up for my business. This is what you'll notice. You'll realize, wow, my hamstrings are really tight. This just happened to me. Not too long ago, I was doing yoga. I do yoga at home and I love yoga. I don't give myself enough time to practice. And so as a, someone who teaches dance fitness and I like the weight room because I know lifting weights helps, you know, women over 40 for bone density, but also if you ever want to change the shape of your body, it doesn't come from cardio. It comes from using weight resistance, but yoga for the flexibility. I got into a pose that should be so easy. It used to be easy, but it wasn't easy this time. And I wouldn't have known had I not done the yoga practice on this day. And I messaged a group of business colleagues, friends, and I said, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I used to be able to do this with ease. This is this is not good. No bueno. <laughs> but this is what will happen to you. You'll get more in tune to where your body needs more attention. You already may have a stiff shoulder or a bad hip or a chronic knee problem. So you're already dialed in into the pain. So we don't want to challenge the problem beyond where it's supposed to go. You don't want to create injury, but if you can strengthen the supporting ligaments and muscles and all of that around where that area is already giving you trouble, you will start to feel better. You'll get stronger in your body, but you have to first get aware of where the weaknesses are or where the limitations are. And if it's just walking, it could be that the limitation is in your lung capacity. So get out there and do a brisk walk. I'm not talking about walking where the dog stops at every bush. I'm talking about moving it. You're going to hustle as much as you can hustle. So getting in your body with intention 10 minutes a day, it does change how you feel when you show up for your work, when you show up for your friends, when you show up for your family, when you show up for anything that feels like, oh, this is going to be a really long, difficult day. Because one, it gets you in the mindset to be able to take on whatever the day is going to throw at you. You're in more of a go-getter mindset than you would be if you hadn't have moved your body, challenged yourself, found out where you need to lean in a little bit more to improve. And two, this is your health. This is a form of self-care and self-love. 10 minutes a day. That's all. Just give yourself 10 minutes to move your body. And as a result, 
You will look forward to whatever the day has to bring. You will have a better mindset because you moved your body and you got yourself in a state that says, I'm a warrior. I'm a goddess. I've got this. And if you're an introvert, those extrovert situations won't feel quite as daunting. You will have more in you to give. Okay, here's my third and final tip for feeling more energized and excited and able to tackle the day for your business and your life. And here it is. Seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Eek, I said it. Yes, seven to nine hours. Okay, let me get all of the objections out of the gate first. One, insomnia. Sometimes that has to be treated medically. I will give a few tips that are that will help prepare your body and your mind for falling asleep. We're going to get into that in just a second. So I get it. Two, you're a mother with a newborn or a toddler who wakes up every few hours. This is a season in your life. You're not going to get seven straight hours of sleep unless you have incredible support living under your roof. I had that. My son, my firstborn, woke up. He was nursing every two hours. There was nothing I could do. It was, he wouldn't even take a bottle. So it was just me. I went through a period of no sleep and I looked like it. And I'll tell you, I did not do well engaging in my work in that season. I didn't have it in me. All I could do was give it to my baby. And guess what? That's what you're there for give it to your baby. It's too difficult to spread yourself too thin. And those moments are too precious to try to. So devote that time. If you're in that season, you're going to have disrupted sleep. Just accept it. It doesn't last forever. I promise there's going to come a time where you can't get them out of bed to go to school. It's just a season. But for the rest of you, seven to nine hours depending. Now, you know what your ideal is, you know, and maybe you say five hours is my ideal, but they say in research, five hours isn't enough. Seven hours is the minimum. So if you can get yourself to that point, then we're going to work on maybe making it more restful. So these are things that you can do to help prepare your body for a better night quality of sleep, because Part of the reason we don't sleep well is because we're not setting up an evening routine. We hear so many people in business, especially talk about a morning routine, but the evening routine, I think is almost more important. If you have a routine to get yourself to sleep so that it can be restful, you are going to be amazing in the morning. You wake up like the, with the feet hit the ground running, you're ready. You can do that 10 minutes for yourself for the moving your body. No problem. You feel incredible. So here's the guideline and you may have seen this somewhere, but this is a great reminder. Just like drinking more water, this is a reminder, but for some of you, this will be the first time you've heard it. And I want you to write this down three hours before sleep, no food, no alcohol. Three hours. What? (laughs) It's true. Give your body a break. Stop eating three hours before bed. Maybe you're at uh, 10 p.m. Maybe you're, I call that an early bird, but because I'm a late night owl, but maybe 10 p.m. is your nighttime, your bedtime. Then you should be finished eating and drinking and finished your last glass of wine or whatever your evening beverage is that might have alcohol in it by 7 p.m. I know, right? That's what? I use wine to fall asleep. Well, let me speak to that for just a minute. Wine helps you knock out. It might help you nod off and feel a little more relaxed, but it disrupts the quality of your sleep. You know that, especially if you have maybe more than one glass. You wake up in the middle of the night. It's not deep 
restful REM sleep. Cut the booze out three hours before bed. Cut all food out three hours before bed. If you have some kind of routine, maybe for some people that need blood sugar regulation, they have some type of high fat to help level their blood sugar, which is one thing you can do inside that three hours. For example, a tablespoon of almond butter. For some people, it helps regulate their blood sugar or a small piece of a block of cheese. It helps regulate their blood sugar so that they stay asleep through the night. The reason you wake up through the night oftentimes is your blood sugar is all a mess, which is why eating and drinking right before bed, bad idea. Three hours prior, cut all food and alcohol. So I'm not giving you medical advice here, but that is something that can help if you have trouble falling asleep or you have trouble not falling asleep, but maybe staying asleep, it might be your blood sugar. Have high fat with protein, right? Maybe a teaspoon of it before bed, but I'm talking about full meals, full meals, snacks, chips, all of that stuff. Nope. Three hours before bed, stop right before bed, maybe within 30 minutes, you can have a tablespoon of something or one small piece of cheese, something that will even the blood sugar out. But full food, full glasses of wine, all of that, not right before bed, three hours before it stops. It helps your blood sugar stay regulated. It gives your body a chance to rejuvenate. Two hours before bed, stop all work. For some of you, this is easy. For me, night owl, not easy. I get my creative juices flowing around 8.30 or 9 p.m. and I'm work and I'm in work mode. I'm like, oh my gosh, this idea just came to me. For you early birds, it happens in the morning. So I have to really be aware of what time it is, what time I think I want to fall asleep and turn my brain off. I have to find something else to do, a distraction, something that gets my mind in a place of rest. Now, the other thing that you might be doing is consumed with worry, consumed with thoughts, stuck on something. Maybe it's a relationship problem and you're just stuck on spinning your wheels about it. Maybe it's a problem with a child or an adult child or anything, a terrible boss or coworker, whatever it is. And you're in that mindset of spinning your wheels and you can't stop thinking about it. I've been in that position and I have to tell you, it's awful. It's awful. It's hard to fall asleep. You could lay there on your phone, just maybe Googling, is he a narcissist? (laughs) Have you ever done it? Do you know what I'm talking about? You, You can't let it go and you take it to bed with you. There needs to be a time where you shut your brain off two hours before sleep. Shut it down. Shut down work. Shut down worry. Worry is really you trying to figure things out that you can't control. You can't control whether that person's a narcissist. You can't control the behavior of your boss or your coworker. You can't control the behavior of your partner. You can't control a lot of things. And spinning your wheels is taking away from you showing up powerfully. You have to learn the art of letting go. Two hours before bedtime, practice the art of letting go. I'm still in the letting go of work two hours before bed. I'm still there. I'm in it with you. But I know that I know I have much more restful sleep when I do it. I find diversions. I find distractions. I find things to, maybe I'm doing a puzzle or, you know, maybe I'm writing, you know, like a gratitude journal, something like that. But I'm not working. I'm not worrying. I'm not spinning my wheels. 
Now, the third and final thing you can do to prepare your body for a better night's sleep for seven to nine hours is get off all screens one hour before bed. Oh my gosh, but I lay in bed with my phone. What do I do, Christine? Or I watch television until I fall asleep. What are you talking about? Well, this is what this is not my idea. This is science coming out saying all the light from these screens, one, it's doing your eyes no good. We need to get off of them. It's also stimulating your brain waves. That light is not helping you have a good night's sleep. So if you are in the worry mode and you're taking your phone to bed with you and you're laying in bed on your phone, and I know you're doing it. I know you are. I just, most people are. Stop it. And you will notice one hour before bedtime, you will notice a change in the quality of your sleep. It prepares your brain for a better night's sleep. It's funny because I've talked about this and I coach about this in my program. And one of my students said, what do you do? Like, what, what do you do? And I had to laugh that we are a culture that doesn't know what to do without a screen. We don't know what to do with ourselves. How sad is that? How about read an old school book, like paper, book? <laughs> or I just mentioned a gratitude journal. How about just writing down everything you're grateful for that happened in the day? Or three things you were grateful for that happened in the day. Put your brain in a place of bliss and gratitude. Or maybe it's a skincare routine where you are washing off your makeup or washing your face and you put a mask on, some type of face mask that, you know, it draws impurities or it hydrates or it tightens or whatever. You're bleaching your teeth. You're doing something for you, but you're not on a screen. Television, you know, if it's far away from you, if you, if you just cannot break the idea of a screen, you know, if you're not right in front of a TV and it's in the distance, that isn't as bad as a phone in your face. The phone in bed has to stop if you want good night's sleep. And it's a hard habit to break, but you can do it. So as a recap for your sleep, three hours before bed, no food, no booze, no sugary drinks, three hours before bed, two hours before bed, shut your brain off from work and worry. And one hour before bed, cut out all screens, do something else. That's going to help prepare you for a better night's sleep. And if you do wake up a lot in the middle of the night, it could be, and I'm not diagnosing you here, but it could be your blood sugar. So if you want to have a tablespoon of almond butter or something high fat, high protein, avocado, or a piece of cheese, try that and see if you sleep better. Because getting good sleep is going to help you wake up feeling energized and ready for the day. There's nothing worse than waking up tired. It's awful. So here's the recap. 90 ounces of water a day. Moving your body for 10 minutes a day with intention. Carved out 10 minutes and 7 to 9 hours of sleep a night, of good sleep a night. These three things are going to help you feel so much better as you engage with life around you, especially in your family, your relationships, and your work. That wraps up this week's episode. I'll be back next week. Same time, same place. See you there. Don't forget to go to the show notes and tap the link that says waitlist if you're a female business owner who is camera shy. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, hit subscribe so that you get notified the next time a new episode is released. And until then, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.